So you want to get to I-5, huh? Well, go down this road a piece and turn right. Shouldn't matter where, it's all open field. Next, I think you turn right at a filling station. Then I think there's a farm or something. Jesus is clear on this point. Although there may be many paths in this life that you and I can take, it may not be popular, but it's the truth. There's only one way. Welcome to Simple Truths for Life with Charles Tapp. Here, we hope you'll find answers to some of life's everyday struggles. You can learn more by visiting simpletruthsforlife.org. We all need direction in our lives, but Jesus says that He is the way if we're willing to follow Him. This week, we're sharing a series of messages that offer direction in these days when it may feel like there is none. As Charles Tapp shares part one of Jesus the way, the truth, and the life. A couple of weeks ago, I replaced my iPhone. And if you've ever called me in the last year or so, you know why I replaced my iPhone. Because with most things man-made, they don't last very long before they start to break down. I was talking to a business person just a few weeks ago before I replaced my iPhone, and she said, what is that quacking that I hear in the background? It was my phone going quack, quack, quack. So it was time for me to replace the iPhone with another iPhone. And I know what you're thinking. I know the question that you want to ask me. Pastor, did you get the five? Didn't get the five. Pastor, you must have gotten the 4S. Of course, you got the 4S, Pastor. If you got a new iPhone, well, I didn't get the 4S. I got the four. You see, I had the three for so long that it started to do strange things. So I didn't get the five. I didn't get the 4S, but I got the four, amen? Thank you. There was a time when a cell phone was just that. But now, a cell phone is a mini computer. You can do so much on a cell phone today. A cell phone can be a camera, you can take a picture, and the four takes better pictures than my three ever did. You can imagine what the five. There's an app you can download, and, and your cell phone can become a flashlight. How many of you have downloaded that app? Really? And you guys are really into this stuff, huh? <laughs> you can play games on iPhones, and I don't play any games. I have downloaded no games on my iPhone. But I do use it as an alarm clock. And this morning at 4 a.m., it went off. And at 4.15, it was still going off. And at 4.30, I finally got up and turned it off and got about my business. But there is one application that I, that I really like using as of late, and that's the application called the Global Positioning System, otherwise known as the GPS. I love this. You know, there was a time where the GPS was just confined to a car. Even the later cars, the newer cars now, it's built into the car. The system is right there. But now I've got it in my iPhone. And I love this because 
all I have to do is plug in the address and it will give me the direction. So I decided to test it. And I did some pastoral you know, visitation this past week and yes, we pastors still do visit. <laughs> Question is, do you want us to visit? And I knew where I was going, but I decided to test it because sometimes even if you put in the right address, it will not always take you to the right place. People have gone off cliffs following GPS. No, they have. So I was doing the pastoral visitation, so I, I keyed in to the address that I needed directions for. And to my surprise, the GPS system on my four iPhone didn't just give me one set of directions. Didn't just give me two sets of directions. It gave me three. Now, my life is already complicated enough. I don't need more choices. I don't need more options to my life. Trust me when I tell you that. And this week was crazy beyond belief. So I decided to select, I decided to choose the set of directions that I thought was the easiest of the three. And after all, I had nothing to lose because whatever set of direction I would choose, I would still end up where I wanted to be. In our world today, there are many ways to arrive at one's direction, at one's destination rather. That is, unless your destination is God. Because despite what the culture tells you, and despite what many religions tell us today, Jesus makes it clear in his word that there are not many ways to God. There are not even a few ways to God. Jesus makes it emphatically clear that there is only one way to God. And that way comes right through him. Turn with me this morning to John chapter 14, verses 1 to verse 4. Jesus says in John's gospel, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my father's house are many what? Mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself that where I am, there you may be also. And listen to this. Here's where things begin to get a little tricky. And where I go, you know, and the way you know. This section of John's gospel begins with Jesus uttering the most comforting of words. Let not your heart be troubled. And when you read the context and what Jesus is saying here, the disciples had very good reason to be troubled. For this particular night wasn't just any night, but this was the night that they were celebrating the Passover. But this was also the night that Jesus discloses a revelation to his disciples 
that one of them before this night is over is going to deny that he ever knew Jesus three times. And he even called his name Peter. And to add to that, Jesus says, one of you is going to betray me. One of you is going to place me in the hands of those who want to do me in. And to add something to all of that, in the midst of saying that, Jesus says, on top of that, guess what? I'm leaving. And I'm going away. And you can't go with me. What a bombshell to drop. What do you mean you're going away and we can't go with you? Don't you realize the commitment we've made to this ministry? How about the things that, that we walked away from, Jesus? We walked away from family to be with you. Some of you have done that. Some of you have walked away from family so that you could be with Jesus. Some of us, Jesus, have changed our jobs. We've walked off the job to be with you. We don't even have a home now, Jesus, to, to lay our heads because we've left our homes to be with you. And now, all of a sudden, you drop this bombshell on us. You're going away and we can't go with you? Jesus, have you abandoned us? When I was a child, my mother told me, of an incident that occurred when I was probably no more than two or three. Of course, she had to tell me because I don't remember a thing that happened when I was two or three, Pastor. You, I remember nothing. I'm having trouble remembering stuff from last week now. Well, she told me this incident where my father and her were going out for an evening and to get away. And when I first had children, I understood why they wanted to get away. And they dropped me over to my, my a family member's home and. And I stood there at the door crying as they walked away. She said, then when they, when they returned several hours later, I was still there at the door crying, looking for them. Now, I couldn't articulate it then, but now that I have time to think back and look upon it, I probably felt that they had abandoned me. And the feeling of abandonment is something difficult to handle. And that's why it's hard for me to understand how parents can just abandon their children, leave them on a doorstep, put them in a trash can and walk away. How do you abandon life like that? The disciples, I'm sure, felt that they had been abandoned by Jesus. Come on, Jesus. After all we've done. But you know what? This wasn't the first time Jesus told them he was going to leave. For some reason, it, it, it finally just gets through to them. But you think about it. Who should have really been troubled that night? Better yet, who should have been more troubled? Because Jesus knew what was waiting for him. He knew one of his trusted disciples was going to deny he ever knew him. He knew that another one was going to place him in the hands of his enemies that would then lead to his demise. He knew that he would be hanging on a cruel Roman cross. So if anybody had the nerve to be troubled, it was Jesus. For even he felt abandoned on the cross, 
Eloi, Eloi, lama sabbatani, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why have you abandoned me? Why have you left me out to dry after all I've done for this ministry? You leave me hanging on this cross to die, to try to soften the blow a little bit. Jesus begins to share with these apostles why he's leaving. He says, listen, I'm going to prepare a place for you. And if I'm going to prepare a place for you, I'm coming back to take you to be with me so that you can be with me for our eternity. For in my father's house, there there are many mansions there, and I want you to have one of them. When you look at John's gospel from John chapter 13 to John chapter 17, the word father is used some 53 times. And Jesus makes it clear that his father's house is heaven and that he has a place for all of us to be right there with him. Jesus says, listen, I know it's hard for you to understand now, but I'm going away because I want to prepare a home for you image that comes to my mind is the story of the prodigal son. Despite what he did to his father, despite wasting all of his father's money, despite wasting his father's name in the community, he came to the self, the Bible said, and he realized that he could go home. Listen, when you can't go anywhere else, you should be able to go home. Who says amen? And that's what the church should be. It should be a home. Regardless of what you've done, how you've embarrassed yourself, this should be a place that you feel welcome to, the place where once you've arrived, nobody can keep you out. I've heard some parents over the years say, you know, if my child ever embarrasses me in my name, I'm going to put them out. Really? If anybody should be put out, it should be you. It should be me. Well, haven't we embarrassed God? How many, well, question, better question would be, how many times have we embarrassed God? But this is home. And Jesus said, I'm going because I'm going to prepare a home. I've got a mansion. And we've distorted God's word so much because of this prosperity gospel that we think when, when Jesus says there are many mansions there, that he's actually talking about these Beautiful places, these just marvelous, palatial estates. Jesus isn't concerned about the physical building. He's concerned about the space, the place that he's reserving for you and for me. So in essence, he's telling his disciples, listen, I've got to go. But the reason I've got to go, I have to die so that you can have a right to that place, a right to that space. Because what God is more concerned with than any material thing, and that's relationships. You're listening to Simple Truths for Life with Charles Tapp and part one of Jesus, the way, the truth, and the life. And if you're enjoying this message or you'd like to find others like it, you can find out more by visiting simpletruthsforlife.org. We'll conclude with the rest of his message right after this. 
Man, when I think about WGTS, I think about family. And uh, WGTS lifts me up. The whole crew has truly been a blessing in my life. And um, I'm forever grateful for WGTS and what they do for myself and for the community. Support makes a difference. I always uh, encourage people. Like, you want to listen to something to be encouraged when you're going through a tough time, turn to 91.9. Um, they are definitely up with the spirits. And uh, especially in the trying time we're in right now in society. Working together to impact the nation's capital. We are and I am forever grateful for, for the WGS family because that's exactly what it is family. And we get to be a part of that as listeners, which is is amazing. Listener funded. WGTS 91.9. Always encouraging. At 88.3 on the Eastern Shore. This is Simple Truths for Life, and we all need direction in our lives. But this week, Charles Tapp shares that Jesus is the way if we're willing to follow him. As he continues with the rest of his message, Jesus, the way, the truth, and the life. You see, heaven is a very real place. But it's not the place that's really all that important. It's who he wants to be there. But as comforting as these words were meant to be, and as comforting as these words of Christ are still meant for us to be today, It's good to know that my future is secure, but quite honestly, folk, there are times in my life that I want a little of my future right now. There are times in my life where I want my future reality to become part of my present condition. There's some times, and I'm just being honest today, folk, there are times in my life that I want some of that sweet by and by that we sing so much about in the church to be part of my experience in the here and now. I'm tired of everything just being in the future. Well, just hold on, hold on. Why can't I have some of it now? I guess that's why I resonate so much with the Old Testament book of Habakkuk. Only has three chapters. When you read the book of Habakkuk, The prophet starts out by complaining, not praising. He says, listen, God, why is it that you allow our enemies to beat up on us day in and day out? Why is it that you don't hear me praying? He doesn't even use the word praying. He said, why is it you don't hear me when I cry out to you? You know, I teach a class here at the university on prayer, and I tell my students, listen, there are times in your relationship, times in your walk with God where you will pray. But there are other times when that communication can't be called a prayer. Other times, you're going to be crying out to God. And there's a time in your life, maybe you're not there yet, but one day you will be. Just calling it prayer is is too nice, it's, it's too polite. You're going to be crying out to God. And the reason why you're going to be crying out is because you want, a, you want some of that future reality to become part of your present condition. Is anybody hearing me today? How long must I cry out for help and you don't hear me, God? In the common vernacular, the translation would be, what's up with that, God? Which brings me to one of the first lessons you and I ever learn, will ever learn when we become a disciple. Notice I did not say when you become a member of the church. You're not members of the church because if you're a member, the membership has its privileges, and that's another story. We're disciples. 
And one of the first lessons you will learn when you become a disciple of Jesus Christ, sometimes you, well, not even sometimes, most of the time, you're going to have to put off, you're going to have to forfeit something that is good in the present so that you can grab hold of something that is better in the future. Because Jesus said, if you want to be one of my disciples, one of my followers, first thing you've got to learn, first lesson, deny yourself. Deny yourself of everything that you want, you think you need in the present, and take up your cross and follow me. That's why many of us would rather be members than be disciples. Let's take a look at verses 5 and 6 of John 14. John 14, verses 5 and 6. Thomas said to him, Lord, we don't know where you're going, and how can we know the way? Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Call him Doubting Thomas all you want. I'm beginning to like Thomas more and more with every new day. Because as the rest of these disciples set there dazed, they set there confused, Thomas had the courage. Thomas had the wherewithal to speak up and go, uh, excuse me, Jesus. That was a good lecture, a good speech, but I don't have a clue as to what you're talking about. You know, as a teacher here, how many times have we stood before the classroom and before our students and just waxed eloquently in our minds. And, and then we asked that infamous question, is there anyone that has any questions? Is there anyone that doesn't understand? And they sit there many times, our students, silently, don't you? Because you're afraid, aren't you? Yes, you are. <laughs> you're afraid to be that one that, that seems as though you're the ignorant one. But we soon learn that there are no ignorant questions. Because if it had not been for Thomas asking Jesus, Jesus, how are we going to know the way? We don't even know where you're going. How are we going to put in the address in the GPS if we don't even know where the destination is supposed to be? If Thomas hadn't been bold enough to ask that question, Scripture would not have contained the words of Jesus, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. Ignorance is not having enough courage to ask so that you can know. Thank God for Thomas. Thomas must have been from Missouri. Like I am. The show me state. Thomas said, that sounds good, Jesus, but what does it mean? What does it mean you are the way? You are the truth. You are the life. What does that mean, Jesus? Jesus not only makes it clear here that heaven is a real place, but Jesus also makes it perfectly clear that heaven is a very exclusive place. And that's not popular in today's culture. Because today's culture is all about being tolerant and accepting anything and accepting anybody. That's not what heaven is like. Jesus says there's only one way. I'm kind of glad that we serve a God that is very intolerant. 
Because there's some things that God just won't tolerate. For scripture says in heaven, there will be no more death. Why? Because God won't tolerate death any longer. There'll be no more sickness, no more pain, no more grief, no more sorrow. Why? Because God won't tolerate it any more. Jesus is clear on this point, although there may be many paths in this life that you and I can take. It may not be popular, but it's the truth. There's only one way that leads to the Father. And then Philip has the audacity to say, well, then show us the Father. And Jesus says, listen, haven't I been with you long enough? In other words, haven't you seen my life? Haven't you recognized the God in me? Haven't you seen it through my works? Haven't you seen it through my words? Haven't you seen it through my life? Listen, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Which leads me to our last passage that I want to share with you today. 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 14 to 16. Now, thanks be to God who always leads us where? in triumph in Christ and through us diffuses the fragrance of his knowledge in every place. For we are to God what? You have your Bibles open, underline that word. The fragrance, well, I guess you can still do it if you got your phone, right? You can highlight it. For we are to be the fragrance of Christ amongst those who are being saved and among those who are perishing. You can just stop right there. In other words, he's saying, listen, not only should you see the Father in me, the world should see me in you. You're supposed to be the fragrance of Christ. So wherever you go, people know that you're coming even before you arrive because the fragrance of Christ is there. Through our lives, we're to change the stench of the world. Through our presence, our lives, or to make things a whole lot better. How many of you have seen this Febreze commercial? They take this minivan and they fill it with garbage, food, and other stuff. And they put it in the desert for a couple of days. Then they take a Febreze air freshener and they place it on the vent of the air conditioning unit. And they turn on the air conditioning. Then they take a couple of guinea pigs and they put them in the car and they blindfold them. But they say that once they turn on the car and the air blows against that Febreze, that suddenly all the stench from the garbage just dissipates and just goes to nowhere. That's what they say. Let me tell you what Paul is saying here. Paul is saying that we're supposed to be the fragrance of the world. So no matter where we are, the stench of this sinful world is supposed to clear up because we're there. It's supposed to smell better on your job because you're there. Your neighborhood, my neighborhood, this neighborhood should smell a whole lot better because we're here. See, it's not about just seeing God, the Father, in Christ. Christ says the real issue is, is the world seeing me in you? In other words, are they seeing the way in you? 
because I am that way. And if you allow the way to live in your life, then others can come along the way as well. Because I don't just point you to the way, I have become that way. The question I leave you with today, when others look at me, when others look to you, do they see a way, one of many ways, or do they see the way? You've been listening to Simple Truths for Life with Charles Tapp and his message, Jesus, the way, the truth, and the life. And if you want to listen again or share it with someone, you can find these messages on platforms like Apple Podcasts and now also on Spotify. Or visit us online at simpletruthsforlife.org. We have prided ourselves in having truth. But having truth isn't enough. We've got to know truth. We've got to know the truth of the person of Jesus Christ. Jesus said, the truth will set you free. So why do we sometimes find it so hard to accept? Next week, Charles Tapp continues with the second part in this series, Jesus, the way, the truth, and the life, with his message, the kingdom of truth. Well, thanks for listening, and we hope you'll plan to join us again next week for more Simple Truths for Life. If you're already part of the giving team, thank you. Your gift makes stories like these possible. You know, I used to listen to another station, but I discovered you guys one day when I was driving and I was hitting the tune button, and it came in and I thought, oh, I've never heard of this station. So that was really exciting. Your support makes a difference. It's just really nice to be able to listen to something positive, something that I can listen to with my kids, and, you know, they're singing along, and I'm like, oh, this is great. They're singing about Jesus, you know, and they're not singing about things that they shouldn't even be listening to. Listener funded WGTS 91.9. Always encouraging. And 88.3 on the Eastern Shore.